Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what's bappin'? What up, sports fans? We mixed the two there. Uh, I'm Aaron. Uh, with me, my co-host, Stefan Heck. Hello. Okay, we're, we are so back. This is our year. I'm feeling good. The vibes are better than ever, I would say. Um, you know, they, they beat Nashville, and they looked pretty good doing they it. They look like... That first game against Edmondson, like notwithstanding or whatever, yeah, they. I think that was the, well. I think that was definitely their best game. It looked yes. complete. It looked like yeah. what we saw in that first game against Edmonton, but without them like scoring eight goals and embarrassing them. You know, yeah, it looked like they a just complete controlled the performance. Play. Yeah, like Drance raised a good point in that when they were up by it was like three two. They won three two. Yeah, but when they were up three two in the third, it never felt like they were going to lose. Yeah, no, I, like, there was a part of me that was a bit iffy when they had the two penalty kills, because, like, I mean, I'm a Canucks fan, so I've seen them blow that type of shit many times in the past. Uh, yes. But, no, it was a good penalty kill. I thought it was kind of crazy that they went so long before they had a power play when they controlled the flow of play so severely. Yeah. Like, yeah, you they, never they see that. One... Th- yeah, that, one power play at the end. Yeah, that that canceled out the last minute or so of yeah. of Nashville's one, but good game. Like, yeah, I mean Tyler Myers tried his best to ruin it for us. Um, God, he. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's seeing like the the graph at the end of every game. You know, like yeah, he's he's still at the bottom. Yeah, in case you were wondering. I um, I did man, not that, actually that, look at the graph for uh for last night's game against Nashville. He was still. Still bad. He was still at the bottom. Let me let me see if I can pull it up here. I think Friedman was fairly high up because which la- is a nice last surprise. night. Yeah, well, he's he's playing with Cole. He played like a lot more than Tyler Myers did. I was like looking at ice time and like individual stuff yesterday. Um, yeah. Let's see, Tyler Myers. He had just under twelve minutes of five on five ice time, and Mark Friedman had fifteen minutes and forty three seconds. Yeah, so Myers is on the third pair with Susie. Susie looks worse because of it, I think. Susie had um, one really nice defensive play off a rush yeah, where he like but he, kicked the puck yeah. away from someone last night that I noticed. I was he like, did, hey, but he, had, he, he also had one really bad giveaway that I remember. But like, I think overall, just like if you look at the the game score, um, yeah, Susie and Myers are at the bottom by a long shot. But again, I don't blame Susie for that. I blame Myers for that. Uh, and Hronik had like an insane game. Hronik was out of this world. Ian Cole had a great game. Quinn Hughes had a great game. PDG had a great game. McKayev had a good game. So, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're looking good. Uh, Hronik, Hronik and Hughes are great. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. I I know statistically they look really fucking good. Right. And I know like Quinn Hughes has been God tier this year and I can't decide for myself when I'm watching it. Is it just Quinn Hughes has leveled up even more or is there something that Hronik's doing that's like, elevating him to be that much better i think it's probably a bit of both like you could tell 
like obviously being the captain means a lot to him and just coming into the season with something to prove. I think Hughes was going to be better either way, mm-hmm. but I think playing with, you know, arguably the best player he's ever played with outside of like Chris Tanev. Uh, well, not arguably, definitely the best player he's yeah. ever played with outside of Chris Tanev. Um, arguably better than Chris. Like he, he fits him really well. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think Hronik is playing great and I think there is something to be said for that fit. And it's just, it is so nice to see him playing with someone good. <laughs> it's so nice. Uh, I love it. Okay. Well, Tyler Myers, we're still positive in the Corsi. Okay. Um, that cross-checking penalty was so stupid. Oh, my God. Oh. Like, like that's, where I thought, that's where I thought it was going to be game over. Because yeah. they just killed off the Friedman penalty. Um, and then Myers takes a stupid cross-checking penalty. And then, luckily... You know, it's the NHL. There's going to be a makeup call because the Canucks haven't had a power play yet. Uh-huh. And that kind of settled down for the rest of the game, I guess, like because there, there were only like two minutes left or whatever. Although I do want to point out, uh, I don't know if we're going to have a funnier sequence this year than uh, EP missing the empty net. Twice. That was very, there was two very funny things in that game. Like the Pedersen missing the empty net twice was, uh, yeah. was definitely the funniest. But there was a moment in the third, I think it was the third period. Yeah, third period I wrote down. Nashville had a three on two odd man rush. And then oh, they just, that, I they know just what you're tripped talking over about. each other. They just like skated yeah. to each other and fell down. And you know what it reminded me of? The Jan Bula's backpack. Yep. Yeah, because they just you, sort of smacked into each other. It was uh, well, Evangelista, I think. Yeah. And it just I, sort I think of, like, maybe because like the, the, the position of the ice, like in my memory, like that's exactly where Jan Bula's yeah. jumped on that guy's back, which was that was that against Dallas, I want to say? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. On Bulis jump. God, that was so funny back. because if you don't remember the Bulis play, it was so funny because it was like he was out there trying to man up ahead to Alex Burroughs. And I feel like they didn't call the penalty for the longest possible time until he finally did. What an what an absurd! Wow, uploaded 16 years ago, 2007. Oh uh, God. yeah, it was against Dallas, but it was in the, the exact same spot of the ice, like going in, yeah. like skating yeah. to the right. Uh, on like the nearest that's a, side that's of the a camera. really that's an underrated like throwback Canucks moment I feel like yeah it's so stupid but it's one of those ones where it's like it's so it's such a minuscule moment in the team's history but I think everyone who saw it will always yeah remember, remember it for it, the rest of your life like... it's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen an NHL player do it was so dumb oh my god <laughs> it's it beyond incredible. comprehension <laughs> literally if you haven't seen it he legitimately just jumps on a Dallas player's back and I yeah, Dallas play, doesn't day, have the puck. Why. Yes, I I don't I just still do not understand it. Um, and yeah, I think he did get the penalty for that eventually, but <laughs> it took them a while to call it. Yeah, like thirty seconds. Were Very, they were the Canucks? Was it tied or were they losing at that point? They were up one nothing with three and a half minutes left in the third. Right. Okay, I knew it was a close game. God, man, that's that's a season that was, I mean that was the first Luongo season. I feel like oh six oh six oh seven. Yeah. Um. Which that team could not score to save their life, but they had like the best goaltending in the league, arguably. Um, was Jan I mean, Bulis good in your opinion? I think it, I, I yeah. think being like I remember being lukewarm on him as like a. I, I think he was. I mean, the backpack play aside, I feel like he was one of those guys who, when he would fuck up, it was kind of in like a big, like noticeable way. But he was mm-hmm. like generally pretty decent, you know. Uh, like he wasn't like insanely, he wasn't like a Samuelson or something where it's like, man, you're, this this guy's like the missing puzzle piece. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, like, yeah. He was like fine. I feel like. Cause I remember um, being excited about him coming over. 
Because he's like, yeah, this they, is a player get whose name from you Montreal, Montreal, I, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was like a free agent signing or what. Jan Boulis. I want to say it was a free agent signing. Uh, but I, I could be wrong. I mean, that's it's it's fucking crazy how long ago that is now at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be that long ago, but it really is. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a season that would be interesting to look back at. UFA. Like, Son is a UFA. Okay. Let's see. Let me let me look at the 0607 Canucks season on hockey DB here. Man, Taylor Pyatt, 20 goal score. Classic. Beautiful eyes. Yeah. Uh let's see. Naslin. I think that was Naslin's last year, I want to say. Right, before he went uh, to New New York, which is really weird to think about. I know. Last last or second last. I feel like maybe he signed with I know he signed with the Rangers, but I forget if it was uh, after 07 or after 08. Um yeah, the Sedins with 81 and 84 points. Kessler with 40 points. He only played 48 games. Oh, Lucas Krychek. There's a throwback. Oh, Ryan yeah. Smolinski, the, the trade deadline acquisition. There's a guy. LA, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Rory Fitzpatrick played 58 games. Was that the vote for Rory year, or was that the year before? Ooh, I don't it remember. might have been that year, because I think he only played like one game with them. He played with Buffalo for a couple seasons. Um, yeah, that, that was that season, because he only played one season with... Uh, God, that's so funny. Who's the guy? Who's the, the goon that they eventually sent to the... All Star Game, oh John Scott, John Scott, yeah, I yeah, I feel like vote for Rory was the first one, and it, it's oh, been it like it started on HF boards. Yeah. I remember, I remember like the original thread, and I remember like being one of the first people to like be into it. Yeah, and I remember time. being like pissed off that uh, like they clearly pe- he- that it kept getting co op. Also, inside job, he he sh- he won, and they're just like oh. no. But like he whenever it happened won. in like later years, yeah. I like thought it was kind of bullshit that like no one ever mentioned mentioned the Rory Fitzpatrick yeah, thing. Yeah, vote for Rory. It was so I remember. I feel like it was like KMAD, uh, Canucks dot uh, com, HF boards, and Reddit legend, uh, who I don't know if he started it or he he was one of the first guys to really push for it. Um, but I remember specifically someone made a video that was like an attack ad on Nick Lidstrom. And it was yeah. about it was about like one game where Nick Lidstrom was minus four, and they're like, Rory Fitzpatrick has never been minus four in a game. Vote for Rory. <laughs> it was great. It was very very funny. It, it and it was like a very like this is sort of early on. This is yeah, two thousand six, two thousand seven, right? So the internet was still kind of like it wasn't what it is today, you know. So yeah. this was a very like this was a big novelty and and a hundred. Well, I'll say two things. Definitely, he got enough votes to get into the All Star Game, and mm-hmm. the NHL just like fixed it. Also, uh, people figured out how to like game the system and write like scripts to get him like hundreds of thousands of votes. Yeah. So a lot of the votes we were, were not cheating, but <laughs> yeah, he should have been in, you know, because I don't think they ever acknowledged it or anything, because it was kind of pre-social media as well, right? So, um, it it basically just came from HF boards and like Canucks.com, um. But it was, yeah, it was a big deal. Mark Schwenard, Yannick Tremblay. Uh, this headline only- from the, the hockey news, Canucks defenseman Rory Fitzpatrick uncomfortable by all-star voting limelight. I remember that story coming out too and people being like, oh, we have to stop this now because the, the joke is that he's like a bad player and he's not an all-star player. Um, but, you know, people kept going and I, I think it did sort of like lose a bit of momentum after that article came out. Mm. Um but yeah, wow, what a throwback. God damn. Danny Sabrin, nine games. Oh yeah, I thought he was the solution. Well, not the solution because we had the long go, but like 
I was like, we got to get this guy playing more. He's good too. Here's a guy. Here's a guy I remember specifically from the NHL video game series as having like super high potential uh, in like NHL like 0304. And he played six games for the Canucks that year. Tyler Bauk. Oh, yeah. I always called him up in my NHL games. Yeah. He was I really thought he good. was somebody. He was a he was a he was drafted by Dallas and he was a Phoenix Coyotes prospect mm. in the NHL series where I think it was 03 where he was like he had like insanely high potential for whatever reason. Yeah. Um and I have no idea why. Um but it it would I would man I, it's fun looking back at like NHL 02 03 04 that era and seeing who like the really hot prospects were and just seeing that they were like wrong about all of them like Pascal LeClaire, the Blue Jackets goalie. Oh, yeah. Had like 99 potential and became the best goalie in the game like every single time, <laughs> you know? Tyler Bauk. Uh, man, they were a bunch. I got I to gotta, I gotta look some of these guys up. But yeah, um, that was, yeah. Continuing on with Rory Gate, which is the title of this article that was in Slate for some reason. Yeah. Um, the press played up Rory Mania as a grassroots movement to change the league, but a bunch of league stalwarts lashed out at the campaign. On CBC's Hockey Night, Don Cherry called the whole thing a joke. Quote, Rory, if you're watching, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. On the I mean, fo- yeah, he's not like 100% wrong about that. <laughs> on but. the Fox News style Hockey Central panel, one commentator described Rory voters as, quote, a bunch of computer geeks. Wait, <laughs> it, it was probably Kiprios, right? Uh, the video's taken down. I'm um, sure it was Kiprios, though, yeah. Wayne Gretzky suggested that the league intervene to save the All-Star game. <laughs> God, that's so funny, especially because, like, the All-Star game is such a joke now. Yeah, ESPN's Barry Melrose made an ominous warning about how the league would respond. If this works, enjoy it, he said, because I gotta think they'll have a trick up their sleeve so it'll never happen again. Hey, you know what? He was kind. He was basically right in that it did work, and they fucked with the numbers so that he didn't get in. But it did happen again with the John Scott thing. Yeah. So, and then they yeah. let it slide. They did. I Rory guess the John Scott thing was like... so John Scott could run. He really did. I think John Scott, I guess, with the deal with him is that he was like clearly more of like a character, you know? He was like yeah. six foot eight, six nine, like enforcer, you know? So I, I, I get that, I guess. Um, and also the league kind of realized at that point, like, hey, it's the All-Star game. We should have fun with this. Oh, yeah. Um, the Rory Votomatic that you got from going to voteforrory.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Thousands of times per hour, the campaign's initial organizers who hung their shingle for, at voteforrory.com disavowed the use of voting bots. Still, the Votomatic seemed to have an impact. Over the next two weeks, Rory registered an astonishing 285,000 write in votes. He searched the second yeah. place, blah, blah, blah. Um, according to Tuznard, online security at nhl.com was pathetic. The leak tried to counter the automated scripts by making voters decipher words embedded in distorted images systems. So they're doing captures. The NHL only used 51 different picture files and each one had a predictable name like one.gif. All that Rory oh. hackers had to do was create a table that linked each file name with the appropriate passphrase <laughs> and <laughs> it was fixed in a few hours. Fuck, that's so funny. Oh, oh my man. God, that's really good. Yeah, that was back before captures were really a thing. Um, yeah god that's so fucking funny man <laughs> oh boy i wonder what rory fitzpatrick is up to now that'd be interesting to kind oh, of yeah let's see. Have, have someone interview him and like catch up with him you know because he, he played i think a couple more seasons 
Yeah, does he have any social media? LinkedIn? I mean, yeah. I, that's probably like a pretty common name, yeah, right? The, the final voting results on January 13, 2007 saw Fitzpatrick finish in third place behind Scott Niedermeyer and Nicholas Lidstrom. And he did not start in the All-Star game. Slate found the re- final results suspicious due to unlikely numerical coincidences in the final week of voting and believe the NHL altered the vote counts, which they 100% did. Um, yeah, so he, he lost by like 23,000 votes to Nicholas Lidstrom, but he Bullshit. clearly, clearly had more votes than anyone else. <laughs> like, clearly. He played uh, one more partial season for the Flyers the year after that mm. and then was in the AHL for a couple more years and then, and then retired. Um, uh yeah he was, yeah I mean he had a he had a pretty long career he's uh okay he entered politics as the Republican candidate for, yeah. as a town town supervisor okay that makes sense uh and he damn so he, 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 a, he got milkshake ducked yeah I mean I guess that sort of makes sense but he he's also opened a restaurant called Fitzy's Cooper Deli in the Rochester suburb of uh I don't know how to pronounce this Irondequoit uh and and I think that's where he's the town supervisor as well so um. <laughs> I want. I mean, I wonder if they fudged the votes to get him to become town supervisor as well. You feel, I mean, he has the built-in campaign slogan of "Vote for Rory." You know, whatever he does. So I guess it does sort of make sense he got into politics. <laughs> um, wow. So speaking of former Canucks, I'm. Uh, I was inspired, wondering what Rory Fitzpatrick's doing to go check up on what a uh, friend of the show Brent Sopel's doing. Oh uh, yeah, his. So his. Um, his Twitter was not good. No, he's a he's show. a crank. What he was? I remember the one time he was comparing Nancy Pelosi to Hitler. Yes, I think that uh, was the last time we checked. Well, and on then him. he deleted it uh, after our yeah. show came out. But yeah, there's uh, a <laughs> Taylor. So ESPN tweeted uh, a picture of Taylor Swift uh, watching the Chiefs game. It says yeah, Taylor Swift is rocking a bracelet with Travis Kelsey's number eighty seven at the Chiefs game, and Brent Sopel replies. Completely gross and embarrassing. That's that's the that's the really funny thing that all of these like the anti-vax guys and stuff like they have to they just have to get mad at this. Wait, so just, what, like, what's the culture war a uh, spin the on? Culture this? war thing is that is that Travis Kelsey likes Bud Light and he did a he did like a pro vaccination like. Commercial. Oh, okay. And so like Aaron Rodgers and all those guys are like calling him out for that, and it's like, and you know. Taylor Swift is like a is like a leftist celebrity and like all that stuff and uh, and I think very much it's also the thing and I love when right wing guys get mad at this where they're like oh you love the current thing yeah the news there's like <laughs> new stuff in the news that's how it works God yeah I think that's basically what it is is them being I mean you know who cares about it obviously and it's if 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 I if you found out that this was like a this was put together by the NFL and Taylor Swift to popularize both of them. I would completely believe it. But, yeah. Um, it like doesn't matter. So it's very funny to see people getting like legitimately mad about it. God, poor Brent Sopel. I, uh, I did like that guy. He's replying and... to Ian Miles Chung. Oh my God, man. Twitter is such a fucking cesspit. Though I think it's he's arguing so with him. Interesting. Uh, okay. I'm, it's hard to, uh, it's like threaded quote tweets and stuff about a, yeah. I mean, Twitter's a kid impossible with disabilities being bullied and then yeah. Brent Sopel's telling Ian Miles Chung to watch the whole video. 
Anyways, that, oh. that sufficiently derailed the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about um, the game last night. There was a thing. Did I already get rid of my natural stat trick? I'm going to be pissed off if I did. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I used it to fucking Google for Rory. Um, the thing I'm going to make, I'll pull up the numbers here shortly, is uh, the Canucks yeah. like had really, really good underlyings last night, which kind of... Yes. Basically, for the first time this season, even that eight-one blowout to Edmonton, they uh, score effects maybe, but they only had like forty-seven percent of the high danger chances. Um, no, this was like you said, this was their they, best game since the since the first game against Edmonton, and they deserve to win every step of the way. And they, I mean, they dominated. If you look at the numbers, right? Yeah, three three two doesn't really do it justice, especially because they only had the one power play, and it was a partial power play right at the end of the game. Um, so you'd think a team. Uh, that controlled the play that much would get more power plays, but you know mm. it's it's the Canucks and and we we know how that works. Right. Um, so the Canucks had sixty seven percent of the expected goals, yeah. which I learned recently is based off of Fenwick. Okay. Uh, don't ask me anything more than that. I just heard it on a podcast <laughs> or read it on an article somewhere. And yeah. then they had sixty three percent of the scoring chances. So that's like an awful lot. And then we go down and look at what Tyler Myers did. Uh, Tyler Myers was uh on ice for uh, 36% of the score scoring chance percentage. He he is so he's he's so bad. And man. his expected I mean, I, goals for percentage was 32. I <laughs> look, I I love Drance and he's great and I love all the stuff on the Athletic mm-hmm. and I love when he gets into arguments on Twitter because he's usually right. Mm-hmm. But the article where he was like Tyler Myers is not the problem. I think he's the problem. He's I certainly kind of, a I, problem. Like I I think that that is an that point is easy to take out of context and sure. And make the, ar- it like, the argument is more like if Tyler Myers was like a third pair D on like Colorado, he would look fine, which I, mm-hmm. I get, I mean, yes, that is, I think that is true. Um, but he's really clearly just playing so far over his head. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's playing. Which is so, why I'm psyched. So they've bad. dropped him down the lineup. Which, I think we are getting to a point where they're going to scratch him. I, I honestly think it's going to happen. And I've seen people on HF boards having this discussion, but it kind of makes sense in that he has been paid the majority of his deal, right? Mm-hmm. So you could do like a Zach Bogosian style thing where you agree to a mutual termination of your contract mid-season and he signs like a $1.5 million contract with another team, right? That like, is like... And, which would actually make him more money, right? This so, is this is the most insanely like weird Canucks fucking the vibes thing that like I just don't think that they'll do that because they don't wouldn't want to like upset the uh, the equilibrium. Yeah. But the thing is, you, you have to imagine like Myers is not happy with how he's playing. He's probably not happy getting third pairing minutes. And like, I mean, the way if he keeps playing like this, I think he is going to get scratched because I don't think Tockett is afraid of scratching underperforming veterans. Who are right? they going to put in for Tyler Myers? I, I think you, you, you just call up someone from the, the age. You're going to put in fucking Noah Juleson? Because, like, I don't think he was much, much better, be- right? No, and then, I, like, I optically, know. you don't have this kerfuffle. And, like, I assume people on the team, like, enjoy Tyler right. Meyer's company well, and shit. And he's, you know, like, a maybe, leader Maybe this in is bringing room. back... Maybe this is when Ethan Bear comes back, right? Like yeah. If they, if they re-sign Ethan Bear, I think at that point, it's like, well, do you agree to, like, a mutual termination? Because, like, I... I think Myers knows he's out of here at the end of the year regardless, right? So I yeah. guess the issue is like what teams have the cap space to sign him. But there are, you know, if he signs a one-year deal with someone, like if he signs with like Chicago and then they trade him at the deadline for like a fifth or something, it's like, okay, well, that's, you know. So I think there's, 
I'm just like I'm saying like that is a this is a very it's, optimistic. Uh, oh, it's all it's all it's all copium. But like what I'm saying is that like he has been paid the majority of the deal, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like he's it's not like he's putting aside six and a half million dollars, right? He's right. gotten most of that, and he could sign a deal that returns back most of what would be left over anyway, right? So I don't know. It's the possibility is there. It could happen. Yeah. It's it happened with Bogosian, right? So I it has happened before. Yeah. I guess there is like some form of precedent set. I that that is the interesting thing, and I think that's like if I was to to look into the future and how I think they'll uh move things this year yeah. is they'll find some trade for Connor Garland that will yeah. open up that one and a half million dollars that they talked about, and they'll give that money to Ethan Bear if they can. Um, I think that makes sense. It seems um, like the Garland name just keeps coming up. Like his agent is obviously peppering. We said this on a recent podcast. He's peppering it out there to like keep putting pressure on the Canucks, right? Uh, yeah. And you always hear insiders say, "Well, I'm, I wonder about Washington, but they got to get rid of Mantha, and that's not a fit for Vancouver." I think yeah. I heard from like Friedman or something. I think Washington is Washington looks so bad. Yeah, they look like they look like a they look like a they're p- going to be picking top three. Like they look that bad legitimately. And I mean, I know their whole thing right now, look, they want a cup like who, uh, you know, I, if I was a Washington fan, it would be like, who gives a fuck? Just get Ovechkin the record. And that's clearly what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. But man, they are so bad. And I do, I have bookmarked a Reddit thread uh-huh. um, from the preseason on the Washington subreddit. Cause I was looking for information about uh, one of their prospects mm-hmm. and I saw this thread and it was, I think, Dom or someone from the athletic put together basically like their predictions for like points and stuff, or like they had like, they had like team tiers or something. Yeah. And they had the Canucks ahead of Washington as like Canucks were like a coin flip for the playoffs. And then Washington right. was like missing the playoffs and the people were like, the Canucks are so bad. How do how do they have, how do they have the Canucks above Washington? That's fucking crazy. And it was just them all shit talking the Canucks and stuff. And really? like, well, first of all, first of all, the Canucks finished ahead of Washington yeah, last year. year. Yeah. Uh, and that was without Thatcher Demko. Yeah. So, that kind of tells you something right there. And second of all, Washington is worse. This like they look, they look so bad. Like they look atrocious. Um, now I think they're playing today against New Jersey, so you know anything can happen. Um, it's it's the NHL. It's still early in the year, um, uh-huh. but boy, they they look bad. I, I'm looking at um, an article from when Bogosian was placed on uh, waivers. Okay, for, yeah, shoot, this was a buyout. Um, so yeah, this was in February of 2020 right before COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess he was a disgruntled player at that point. He wanted to be traded. They tried to assign him to the AHL and he refused. Like, I don't think it's going to get to that point with Tyler Myers, but it could be one of those things where it's like, look, we can't trade you. No one. Uh, so like, no one's going to give us anything for you. So yeah. your better chance is to sign as a free agent somewhere. Do you just want to do this? Right. And here's the funny thing. And I forgot this, that Bogosian came over uh, to Buffalo from Winnipeg for Tyler Myers. <laughs> Oh, weird. So it's all connected. He's part of the big uh, Vander Kane trade. We're 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 getting all types of truther shit out today. I know. I know. Um, Something's going on here. By the way, I do want to shout out the Edmonton Oilers for oh yeah sucking total ass and giving up five goals to Minnesota in the third period <laughs> last night. I am Ooh. like, here's the thing: the Canucks are four and two after six games, which is legitimately a dream start. Yeah. I think that's what. Ba- when before the season started, that's kind of what we said was like, look, if they're like 500 after the road trip, 
will be happy. And I think we even said like, if they're like one game below 500, that's, that's a win. Right. And they are four and two. And what's more important is that Calgary and Seattle and Edmonton all look horrible. Yeah. They're eating ass in a bad way. Yeah. I think Edmonton probably will bounce back. Oh, Calgary. Yeah. Calgary, I don't know about. They look, I mean, the thing with Edmonton is the goaltending is so bad and their defense is not good. Oh, man. Cal- Calgary just looks old and tired. And Seattle is kind of getting like the regression that people thought might happen this year. And yeah. It's like, happening really bad. Um, again, it's still early, but you look at like Edmonton was like a cup favorite, right? Yeah. And they were a favorite to win the division. Justifiably. They are so they're like nine or ten or maybe even eleven points behind Vegas now. Vegas is what seven and zero. Oh. Vegas looks <laughs> unstoppable. They look so good. And Edmonton has one win. Edmonton is what one five and one or one four and one. They one look atrocious. four and one. Let's, they look let's pull so the NHL bad. standings. There's so much going on. It's so fun actually looking at the standings. Yeah. Again. And looking at the standings in a way where it's like, oh, I want the Canucks to be uh, near the top. Yeah, it's like their winning percentage is is high. That is good, I That's see. That's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah right. It's <laughs> NHL.com. I'm just getting back into it. It's supposed to be like all fucking, let's go by points percentage, of course. Yeah. Our favorite thing to sort by. I mean, Canucks are second in the division right now. In the league. Points um, percentage. Oh, the Canucks. Sorted by points percentage. Our seventh in the league. Beautiful. Ooh. That, that is great. I will say there are a few teams this year who look really good. So the Golden Knights are 7-0. and mm-hmm. The Avalanche are 6-0. They mm-hmm. look unstoppable. Boston is 6-0, and which is really Yeah, scary. what the fuck, man? I That's hate some that. bullshit. They're 6-0. and They've only allowed seven goals in six games. What the fuck's going on? Isn't that fucking they got, crazy? Ber- Bergeron isn't there anymore. That's not allowed. I know. I hate it. I fucking hate them. I guess but, I guess they have like one of their prospects is like hitting pretty good. He's playing uh Poitras. Po- yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like looking he at him up for good. for fantasy purposes, and he hasn't really yeah. put up fantasy numbers yet. Yeah, but, but he's looking good. Yeah, yeah, I guess like on the ice, he's like made it so Charlie Coyle doesn't have to play top six, and yeah, that's helping. And look again, it's, blah, it's blah, still blah, super blah, early, blah. but the the Red Wings are uh five one and one. And they have 34 goals. I think they're the, they're the highest scoring team in the league. Yeah. Alex DeBrincat cannot oh, stop scoring. Larkin. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Detroit has the most goals in the league by six goals. Um, you know, Canucks, 23 goals, 15 goals against, plus eight differential. They're four and two. Like, yeah, where's that? This is, oh, that actually, folks, that puts the Canucks fifth in the league in, in goal differential. I know they have yeah. like an incredibly high PDO. So, sure. And which, again, you know, uh, like, I'm. As a Canucks fan, you have to be expecting all of this to come crashing mm-hmm. down. How could you not? But it's a very good start to the year. Um, I I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm I'm right now. I'm looking for tickets for Friday's game because it'll be fun to go to the game. So we'll see. Uh, but two home games in a row, one on Friday, one on Saturday. We'll probably record our bonus on on Sunday. Sunday, I'm yeah. Um, and we'll have a lot to talk about. But I mean, look. They win those two games. DeSmith, I wonder if he's going to start against St. Louis, probably. He's got to start in one of those games, right? Yeah, you would assume St. Louis, although, I mean, I guess New York is first in the in the mat right now, but, you know, they're four and two. They, they don't look, like, insane, uh, but no one in that in that division looks, like, crazy right now. Okay, so um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sorting the league by PDO right now, which is, of course, yeah. save percentage and shooting percentage added together. Yeah. And I know recently the Canucks were... Like, 
I think it was like 112%, which is like outrageously high. And yeah. now they're actually tied for the lead with Montreal. Um, okay. And they have a, both teams have a 1.069. So like basically 107% PDO. And then right below them, the Bruins, 105, uh, Red Wings, 105, Golden Knights, 104, Stars, 104, Blues, 102, Ducks, 102, Wild, 101. So that's interesting that like, I don't see Colorado right up at the top, even though they have been undefeated. But those other teams that we kind of mentioned, like uh, Vegas, Red Wings, Bruins are all up there on PDO benders along with the Canucks. So like, I guess that's pretty good company, right? Yeah, I mean, I what? look, I, I, I the, fully, like I said, I fully expect it to come crashing down. But like, they, they, if they play like they did last night, they're going to win gonna more often than not. It's not going to come crashing down if they keep playing. Like that Nashville game, I just didn't really do a preview. But like, I know I talked about this when we were talking about the in the preseason about this big road trip. That like, if they're going to be a playoff team, like they have to finish ahead of Nashville. So that shouldn't be seen as like a scary matchup yeah. right like that should be assumed and at the end of a road trip like they were gone for a long ass time away from home it's like the last game yeah. it's like a bit of a i think it was later start right yeah it was yeah. a later start local time it would have started at like it would have been like 8 15 local because they were doing the frozen frenzy yeah it'd be like really easy to come out and put up like a really shitty performance and i think that's yeah. what i would have seen from the canucks in the last couple of years but oh. it was like the complete opposite of that, which is really, it was like a very business-like win. I mean, honestly, after the Philly game and the Tampa game, kind of back-to-back duds, mm-hmm. they looked a bit better in the Tampa game. I was fully expecting them to lose out the rest of the way and come back two and four. Like, fully. I, how, yeah. how could you not? But then, you know, they, they had a really gritty win against, against Florida and then another gritty win against... Uh, against Nashville and mm-hmm. a gritty loss against Philadelphia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, <Hey>. but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. They do. And, and you see analysts on, on sports. I'm talking about it too. Like it does feel like a different team. It does feel more like Rick Tockett's team. Yes. Um, for better, for better or for worse. But you know, he plays a hard nosed defensive style and that's kind of what they're playing right now. And I mean, we'll see how long it lasts. I'm, I think, I don't know. I mean, the, this homestand is going to be really interesting, right? Because it's, by all accounts, been a very successful start to the season, a very successful road trip. Um, I think they're very happy with how they've played for the most part. And I think if they come home and, and can, I mean, look, if they win the next two games, they're six and two. Like, oh, man, that's, I, that's really don't get good. get too far ahead of yourself. No, I, I know, I know. But even if, even if they just win one of the two, you yeah. know, like five and three, sure, yeah, that's, that's fine. Like, this honestly, I'm I'm sure this is wrong, but it does feel like the latest in the season in the last like decade that they've been this far yeah. from 500. You know, <laughs> uh, interesting. The Rangers are also four and two, so they're going in with like, well, I yeah. guess the St. Louis game happens first, but yeah, the Rangers haven't looked records. crazy. St. Louis is two, two and one, um, negative four goal differential. I mean, they, I don't think that's I don't that's a win. To be good. Like, that's that's a must win game. I yeah, mean, it, it must win in that like you should win this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Rangers one, I think is a toss up. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a good Rangers. Like I watched some of that game against Calgary last night. Yeah. Uh, I think more than anything, I just thought that Calgary looked not very they good. Cadre like, <laughs> looks so washed. Huberdeau yeah. looks so washed. They look so done, man. Like 
And Huberto is signed for what seven more years after this? That's fucked. How Kadri signed for what six more years after this? Like yeah, that that Kadri so one bad. was like really to double down last season and make like a big yeah. push for it after they'd come off such a good but like kind of disappointing year the the year prior um, when they lost so his, to Edmonton. His contract is up. Uh, he's a free agent in twenty twenty nine. Oh, I love that. You All right, who, and let's see, let's see Huberto. You Huberto, who did I look think good still. Same. Chris Who's Tanev. That? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Huberto, by the way, uh, has a full no movement clause until 2029 and then a limited one. Uh, oh, no. It still has, still has a no movement clause, but then a, a no trade clause, a limited no trade clause from 2029 to 2031. Woof. And he's making, <laughs> and he's making $10.5 million a year. <laughs> That is a bad contract. Holy shit. I mean, if he's done, like, they're, this is going, like, potentially, like, if Huberto and Kadri are both just, like, washed and done after the next couple of years, and it looks kind of like they are so far, which is crazy, but if they are, it's like, is that going to be their version of, like, the Minnesota buyouts, right? Yeah. Where they just have to fucking eat it? I, You're right about Tanev, though. He still looks good. He had one he's, shift in the third period where he was, like, Doing his best Quinn Hughes impression. He was like skating all yeah. over the ice with the puck and stuff. But he's like this big bastard. Here's here's my fucking dream. Bring him back. Is Canu- Dude, is if the Canucks, if the if Calgary's out of the play, because Tanev, I think, is a free agent after this. Yeah. Year. Let's say the Canucks are like well in the playoff. Deadline race, acquisition. Like, like, yes. Like let's say they're like He's fifth. coming home. They're fifth in in the Western Conference, uh, around the trade deadline. Calgary is like tenth or eleventh. Fucking Bring Tanev back. I mean, take he's Myers still good. too. Yeah, well, I mean, get rid of Myers <laughs> if you can. But you get Tanev there, like, holy shit, man! Like, I, I think that would be so good for the room as well. Yeah, right? sign like, him for a couple years. That was the other thing watching um the shit yesterday, where uh, Toffoli, or was it yesterday that Toffoli scored a, a bunch, or was it the day before? Because I know. Wait, no. Oh, it might have been the day before. He's on New Jersey now. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's on New Jersey. Yeah. So it was yesterday that I was watching it because New Jersey's actually playing as we record this and they wouldn't be playing three games in a row. But yeah. Toffoli was on fire last night. Yeah. And, uh, like, the fact that that was one of the players that they decided to move away from when he, like, signed for, like, four million bucks and has just been, like, a consistent 70-point guy who just put... Yeah, he scored a hat-trick last night. Yeah, he has a uh, yeah five points in six games this season. Um, really good, really good. Uh, but they had to keep Jake for Tannen and Braden Holtby instead of Tanev and Toffoli. Just like <sighs> how man. much what better this team season. would be, like if they had Toffoli as a trigger man on that second line with JT Miller I mean, and Brock Besser, are, or or are... on the first line. There are so many things where it's like, man, if they had just done this one thing, yeah, how much better. I mean, obviously the big one. Well, there's I, the big one. I think I think is the OEL trade, but it could also be drafting Kachuk over Ulevi. It could also be drafting Nylander yeah. over Tannen. Like there are so many like what if situations where it was like so obvious even at the time what they should have done and they didn't do it, and it's completely fucked them. And we all saw this coming. I mean, that's the other thing is like, look, I. I don't want to be the I told you so guy, but it's like that as, as a Canucks fan, that's kind of all you have with other Canucks fans is saying I told you so yeah. to like the, the Jim Benning supporters. And look, I, I would love to turn the other cheek, forgive and forget. 
I what I want is I do want every Jim Benning supporter to admit that they were wrong about everything. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking. That's not that big of an ask. If no, if you as a as a Canucks fan got the text notification in uh was it must have been it was 2015 I think if you got the text notification that they re-signed Lucas Pisa and Derek Dorsett and you didn't drop your phone, <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. That was that was I. That I was when that happened. It was just like, oh, we are fucked for the next ten years. And guess what? I was right. I was completely right. God, that was miserable. Yeah, I. A big one for me is the off season when they signed um, Louis Erickson, because yep. I was I went to Williams Lake uh, rugby. I think it's Williams Lake Stampede. It's called, and they do this big rugby tournament that's up. Mountains generous, but large hill outside of Williams Lake, where at the time there was no cell reception. Yeah. And you like camp on the field and there's like shower and food and everything's there. So you just don't leave and you don't have any fucking reception. And I'd like kind of hurt. I was there for free agency kicking off and I'd kind of heard trickles and rumors. And we uh, we drove down to like this lake or whatever to like kind of wash off in. And uh, I got some cell reception. And then I was there with the, the Capilanos from North Vancouver, uh, keeping it local. Anyway, so they're all Canucks fans, too. <laughs> and um, I remember we pulled up our phones and I was like, oh, the Canucks signed Louis Erickson for, was this, six years? This was a 2016. When did it expire? Was it six years or was it five years? I think it's it in the six, intro. I think it was, wasn't it like six by six? Let's see. Yeah, six by six sounds right. Yeah, six six year, thirty six million dollars. Right, and he just wasn't on the last year of that contract in Vancouver. It was in Arizona, right? It was in Arizona. Yeah, in twenty twenty one is when because they, they couldn't they, they couldn't wait one more year to get out uh, of cap hell, and instead extended their cap hell by literally ten years. Um, Fucking Christ! But yeah, I remember talking to my Canucks friend Rich about well, uh. I think it like this might be good now. Like you play with the Sedins, maybe like hate to see what this looks like in six years. But uh, I think Louis Eriks is pretty good, and just like having that that sinking feeling of like, oh, they made a really really bad UFA deal. <laughs> but like trying to rationalize yourself into thinking like, well, it can't be that bad right now. Like maybe they'll get back in the playoffs again, and yeah. we can. Yeah, it's so funny that that contract was immediately shown to be a huge disaster when he scored on his own net in yeah. the very first game. And I was at that game. And I was talking to uh, Vyas about it yesterday mm. from Roxy Fever because we were playing some NHL online. And we were talking about um, first game experiences. And this was, uh, it was not his first game, but he brought someone there and it was their first ever hockey game. And they were like asking all these questions about the rules and stuff. And then that play happened and he had to be like, well, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Just so, you know, <laughs> I, I forget if I told this story on here as well, but I think maybe I did, but I'll tell it again anyway, which was that I had some friends in uh, elementary school who had wanted to go to a hockey game for so, so long. And their dad, who was from, uh, he was like a Polish immigrant. He, he was like, oh, hockey's too violent. I don't, I don't want, I don't want you to go to any hockey games. And then he finally relented and, and brought them to a game. And it was their first ever game, and it was the Todd Bertuzzi, Steve Moore. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, indicated. <laughs> yeah. 
<sighs> oh god beautiful that's so good i'm yeah you know what like I, I i like we do like a vibe check every episode now i guess mm-hmm. which is, which is good i think that's a good thing to do and i is this you know we've only been recording this we we just passed our one year anniversary i guess yes yeah, yeah, yeah. um because we started right at the beginning of last season yeah but i feel like you know a small sample size mm-hmm. but is this the highest the vibes have ever been on yes. the podcast? I think the closest oh, was the the Horvat Bo Horvat trade, trade yeah. emergency podcast where we were like, oh my God, they're finally doing it. They're finally rebuilding, uh, which, you know, we were proven wrong. But Hronik looks great. So I'm, I will happily eat my words about that. Like Hronik does look very, very good. Um, but yeah, I think overall, this is the highest. I mean, this is the highest the vibes have been as a Canucks fan, like for me personally in like a decade. Um, but yeah, in the history of the podcast, certainly. And it really shows you how low the vibes have been. Yeah. The Canucks being four and two in October <laughs> is like us winning the Stanley Cup. I'm, like, taking, I'm going nuts over I'm, here. I'm taking a walk down memory lane. I sorted the podcast by oldest first. And so we recorded the first episode after the first two games last season. Yeah. That, that episode was titled Unfinished Business. Episode two okay. titled... LMAO, and then the, the the body of what the show's about is 2023 draft preview. <laughs> <laughs> um, episode oh. three is called Shut It Down. Episode yeah. four, Riley Stillman sucks ass. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. Number five, it was a core problem. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's a good reference. Yeah. Number six, Myers for Zaitsev. Whoever wins, we lose. Remember when they were thinking about trading Myers for Zaitsev? Yep, yep. Uh, episode seven, Bruce Conda forever. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> episode eight, Purgatory is being a Canucks fan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was a rough season last yeah. year. I'll just say that it was a rough year. Nine sooner, real rain will come, featuring Ryan Lambert. Oh yeah, yeah. we got to get him back on. We do. By the way, Washington Capitals now have their first lead of the entire season. Oh, they're they're beating uh my New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck sakes. Um, I just gotta, find a way to, I, I, they'll find a way to lose, I'm sure. Oh, they're playing Schmid, not Vanacek, so that only fucks me in one fantasy league. Cool. Um, I was going to say, what I think is going to happen this year, we got derailed talking about Louis Erickson and things of that nature. So, uh, Andrew Peake isn't playing in Columbus. I think he's drawn in twice this season. Once okay. this season, according to, to Hockey DB. Just trade Garland for Peak. Who cares? I that seems like the one that's going to happen. Like it it does sort of remind me of last year where like we knew the Canucks were going to trade for Ethan Bear mm-hmm. at some point of the season, then it eventually happened. Like it is kind of funny where it's like, look, this just makes sense for everyone. Yeah. Can, can you guys just fucking get it over with? So I think you're right, that probably is going to happen. Um and I, I hope they sign Bear. As yeah, well. you sign Andrew or get you get Andrew Peek and he's making two point seven five. You get Ethan Bear in there too, and you yep. got Bronick, Bear, Peek, Myers can be your seventh D man. We're laughing. Yeah, I'm. I, look, I, I, I think the defense is close to being legitimately decent. Yeah, and if you if you get rid of Myers, that goes a long way to making that happen. Switching so out Myers for Bear, I'm like okay, because like Bear can move the puck. Yeah, Bear wasn't like insane last year. He's but good at he retrieval. He is better than Tyler Myers. He's certainly. way so, better. 
Yeah. You could have well, a, a bear Susie pair, a bear coal pair. I am here for it. Absolutely. Let's, let's make it happen. Yeah, let's make it happen. Put me in charge, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm excited for? Before we go, mm. I'll just say this. I'm excited for potentially a trade deadline where we're like, who are some players the Canucks could bring in for the playoffs? Oh my God. When's the last time we've had, I guess oh. it was when they fucking went and traded for Tyler Toffoli out of the blue, but yeah, um, I, I kind of am happy. I'm hoping for a situation where we're like actively hoping that they trade for a player for the playoffs. Like I want them, to, you know what I mean? I oh. want, Hey, who are some rentals they can bring in? Like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Let's have I, used, fun. I used to love the trade deadline so much when it was like, fuck it. Fuck a third round pick. Here comes, um, Eric Weinrich or uh, oh my god that that goalie Sean, Sean Brown Mika Noranen Mika Noranen Keith, Keith Carney that was all one deadline how stoked do you think Harmon and Drance are to be able to potentially write articles where it's like top ten trade deadline acquisition targets for the Canucks oh like, yeah instead of like like they just being able to change it up a little bit oh you know? that so. reminds me fucking the comments on the Athletic are so funny like all last year when they would write things about like the long-term future of the Canucks and like, what's the path for blah, blah, blah. Like those are the same shit we talk about on here. The comments would be like, well, this isn't real journalism. This is just trans complaining. How about we get some real stories about players or whatever. And then yeah. that feature came out on Quinn Hughes and saying the guys that watch the West and it really stirred the pot. With really, the whole, really good article. Yeah. Really good. Uh, first comment I saw. Uh, is there not going to be any analysis from the game last night? It's like, shut I the saw fuck that up. Too. I know it's so, they just can't be, I mean, they're not quite as bad as Canucks army comments, but they're getting close. Like the athletic, I feel like the athletic ones didn't used to be that bad. And now they are just like horrendous. Like they're so, so bad now. But yeah. Flying fake news, New York times. Um, also before we go, uh, shout out to Don Taylor. Oh Being yeah. Into BC. The BC sports hall of fame. I saw a lot of people kind of, uh, referencing, I do want to go back and play like NHL 2002, 2003 now when he was like the color commentator. Yeah. He had some great, great lines. Top um, shelf or Mama Keeps the Bread. But what a what a legend, Don Taylor. Uh, and I'm glad he's like still doing his thing. Like Donnie and Dolly is just like, this is great. So much fun. I love it. Yeah. Like, it yeah. They yell at each other too much for me to like want to. But I guess I, I know that that's sports radio. Yeah. Like that's like we should be getting fucking pissed off at each other more. Yeah. Fucking piece of shit. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, what what I do really like about Donnie and Dolly is like going and watching the clips on YouTube. Yes. And when they're interviewing guests and stuff. Yeah. As, as the hostility. Oh, it's great. They're I, so they're they have such they just have such good chemistry. Yeah. No. They're they are they're, they're, they're so funny. You know, well here's here's my thing. I think that they're like Loveline, Doctor Drew and Adam Carolla. But, oh yeah. Okay. But for Canucks talking, and because they yeah. argue like the same sort of way, if you like listen to like old Loveline growing yeah. up, yeah, in which Rick is Doctor Drew, yeah, and Don Taylor is Adam Kroll, obviously, yeah, making fun of, like yep. mispronunciations and stuff. That's a good comparison, absolutely. But yeah. uh, you gotta go stream though, don't you? Uh, only in in about an hour, but I, oh, I want to okay. make dinner and stuff first. Well, so. fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is a good episode. Yeah. This is fun. It's a very, well, a very you, positive listeners. episode. <laughs> 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 Steph has got to make dinner before That's he right. does his job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll be back for a Patreon episode uh, on the weekend, Sunday probably. Yeah, Sunday. Uh, we'll have two games to talk about. That's right. Should be good. Patreon.com yeah. slash I hate this team to support the show. 
weekly bonus episodes and uh, Discord. Discord the Discord's access. great. It's a lot of fun. Get in there. I you, mean, if you with, thought it with, was great last year, it's check even it out better this, this year. year. With Twitter the way it is now, I mean, if you want somewhere to escape to and still talk about hockey and the Canucks, the, the Hate This Team Discord is a good place to go. So ch- check out the Patreon. Check out the Discord. And thank you for listening. Yeah, and I think some of you left reviews after I said leave reviews last yes. time. So thank you. Five stars if you if you'd be so kind. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks everyone. Go Canucks, go. Canucks go. go. He shoot anything, he'll think everything Professor, his shot scares gullies Rewriting history, best jumping off the seat Lead us to victories, every day He'll shoot anything, he'll score everything And we know, we have all He's leading with his good play Looking up, future's bright Are you ready for some good days? Have to have high, high hope for a reason Stars, they've been happy on the season Working towards the common goal